big sky, big potential. This is Eastern Promise. When it's an East of England mission, then there's widespread recognition. It's no risky proposition, and by any definition, there's just no competition, and you don't need no permission. This is Eastern Promise. Welcome to another Eastern Promise Best of the Guests special. I've reached into the archive to share another of my favourite interviews from the last 12 months. And you're nobody in showbiz without a musical episode. Nobody panic, I won't be singing. But my special guest will. She's Eliza Delf, a hugely talented Norwich-based singer-songwriter who released her incredibly assured debut album, Into the Wilderness, last year, led by her first single, Howl. Eliza and I talk through how the East of England has inspired her and the stories behind her songs. I'm thrilled skinny I can share some of that fantastic music with you. It's yet more evidence of the creative hothouse that is the East of England. So sit back, relax and enjoy Eliza's unique sound and incredible talent. It is an absolute treat to be here in Fuel Studios in Norwich. Eliza, welcome to Eastern Promise. It's a treat to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, one of my benchmarks for enjoying music is knowing the artist I'm listening to could not be anyone else. You can recognise them instantly. And that was very much, if I made the sense I got listening to Into the Wilderness, you have a really, really distinctive voice. Not many artists fall into that category. Is that just the way you sing or is, do you really do you really have to sort of work at crafting that voice I think I definitely have worked at crafting my voice a little bit I think when you're younger you're slightly more likely to be influenced by other people so for me it was actually more about shedding some of those influences and um you know ways you of singing that you pick up that actually don't suit you so you know what's sort of popular and I think when I got to about 17 I started to really find my own voice which was when I started songwriting so maybe that helped and yeah I think I think you know you are always going to be shaped a little bit by who you listen to and I'm sure people will hear the influences I mention and think yep I can hear that <laughs> but uh yeah I think I I have sort of chipped away at some of the not-so-great influences now and found the core of what I actually sound like. So what does that moment feel like when you suddenly go, that's it, I, fa I found the sound I was looking for? What does it feel like, that moment when you think, there I am? I, I think it's, it's quite gradual in some ways. I think you almost one day you'll hear a recording of yourself and think, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that, you know, that's what I want to... I want to sound like, that's what I sound like and I'm happy. <laughs> I think, you know, when you're a singer, there's definitely, there has to be a level of vanity. You've got to enjoy listening to yourself sing because you're going to hear it a lot. So, um, yeah, it's really great to get to the point where you think I'm enjoying listening to myself because you've, you've got to do it so much when you're singing and it's it should be enjoyable. You shouldn't be cringing listening to your own voice. You've got to think, 
yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how that sounds. And sometimes it does take a bit of work, but yeah, you've got, you've got to keep working on your voice until you really love it. So you are a student at the University of East Anglia. Tell us something about yourself and what you're, what you're doing, what you're reading at the UEA. So I'm studying history. Uh, I'm currently in my second year, coming to the end of my second year. And yeah, I really loved uni, actually. The first year was a bit tough. It was, um, I was the, the year that my A-levels were cancelled. I then went straight to oh. university um, in a, a little flat with people I didn't know and was locked down. So that was really great. <laughs> um, it was awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, interesting experience. Luckily, the I think UEA have been pretty great, actually. Um, yeah, in ringing endorsement for me. Um, and they've put a lot of work into the second year, making up for first year, I think. So I've been studying modules that I've chosen this year, which has been really fun. Um, currently doing a lot about Victorians, which is my favorite. <laughs> oh, right, fantastic. So UEA have, have really kind of supported you in, in, in what you've been doing. And you've recently been reviewed by Concrete, I believe, which is the yes. the, the student magazine. I'm going to sound really old man saying that. But. <laughs> so, and, and, and so they've really su supported you. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, being a, a university during all of this can't have been easy. And, you know, it's not been easy being a student. But, yeah, there's definitely, there's lots of support for students with all kinds of things. Um, obviously, their main focus is academic. Um, but actually, funnily enough, they've really helped with the music because I was uh, given a, a scholarship. Um, it wasn't really for anything particular. They sort of gave it to me because um, I applied and they wanted to know my grades and that was about it. And it all went towards my album. So, yeah, very helpful from UEA. Not sure they actually know that. So, yeah, thank you, UEA. Now we're going to play a track from your album and you've chosen Howl, which is the single. Can you tell us about yes. Howl. So, Howl, so the, t the single we've chosen is the first track on the album. So the first one you'll hear when you, when you listen. I think it's quite an upbeat song in some ways, which is a nice way to start off the album. It's a slightly, slightly raucous song in a way. I think I want, when I wrote it, I wanted, I was sort of coming back to these ideas of a sort of almost circus feel, uh, kind of cabaret. And yeah, it's all about being a young woman and shedding some of your, your inhibitions in a way, I think, and learning to stand up for yourself and, and be... Be a woman, be an adult. I sat in the spotlight and I spoke in a loud Ripped open my chest and let blood fall to the ground It brought me no pleasure and it brought me no gain Now soap and water has erased the stain Crayons drew me in but they went over the line Strive to use monopoly money to hush on my crime But there were no sirens and no blue lights I took out my bow to go hunting for a good time I stood out of the cage that I made A willing audience to serenade The best minds can be so very foul Listen to me how Probably partly the, the age I wrote it, I mean I was about about 18 I think so also I'm 20 now so this album's been a couple of years in the making I think it's a it's a funny age you have a lot of big feelings when you're a kind of teenager and it's you're learning to be yourself really when you're surrounded by all these different influences that that aren't you and and you're trying to find your place and I think Howl 
sort of represents that feeling of of finding yourself in a way, you know, <laughs> not really in a spiritual way, but in a kind of just your own identity and, and learning how to make sense of your own feelings and, and your own your sense of self. Well, when I listened to the album, I really connected with a kind of a dark, rich undertone uh, in, that many of the songs have, uh, a kind of a sense of foreboding almost and that's quite a that's quite a grim word and I, I don't think that's necessarily there and pro the processing of grief is another sort of theme that seemed to come out of those uh, as Tim Minchin put it a solemn solemnity um, and it kind of reminded me a bit of the work of Roald Dahl in that those sorts of feelings aren't necessarily to be be afraid of can you sort of speak to where you feel that that sort of sentiment's coming from because I'm clearly I'm not the only one who's, who's felt that yeah no I I, I definitely agree I read Roald Dahl growing up, um, and I know exactly what you mean. It's that I think it's almost that slightly fairy tale thing, the sort of old-fashioned fairy tales that Roald Dahl, I think, has the same feel, and that they're in some ways they're nice stories for kids, but actually some of it's quite dark, and it doesn't shy away from from darkness always. And I I'm, I'm really glad that comes across in my songwriting because a lot of the imagery I use, some of it is quite um, dark a little bit foreboding some of it's quite violent actually um you know and it's all it, you know it, it's all creativity and it's my imagination and it I think that sense of darkness is all about how dark you can feel sometimes you know even with the the mundane in life sometimes your feelings are very strong and, and difficult and I wanted the imagery to reflect that the intensity of feelings and and I guess in this case, growing up, because a lot of it, it, it's, it, I wrote it when I was, you know, growing up and getting becoming an adult. Um, so yeah, I, I can see exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> the next track you've chosen is "Stealing My Fear Away." You want to explain what that's about? So "Stealing My Fear Away," it's, I, I really love this one actually. It's, it's slightly uh, folkier, I think, and it's, it's a little bit about trying to be brave I guess I found lockdown quite difficult you know I had some various mental health stuff like a lot of people did and you know I came out the other side but I think stealing my fear away is all about that sense of trying to survive that that stuff and those feelings and and trying to thrive in it and, and not let it sort of drag you down too much or a pair of magpie lovers I said keep your joy those with the eyes of a child can't lament they've seen nothing destroyed five or six came I turned them away I see walls I'm safe the jewels of a queen round my neck would only choke me to death the sweetness of songs of my innocence Untainted by hard-edged experience oh, Sometimes I wish for the life Yeah, it's, it's a little bit about fear, I think. It's, and I think as a song, it, it definitely does have that slight darkness to it because a lot of what I was writing about was about fear and, um, and how do you cope with that? How do you cope with those feelings? Reading other interviews you've done, 
which and this might sound a little strange because we've sort of talked about what the the, the 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 tracks might mean but i was struck by quite a refreshing thing you said which was that rather than describe your influences and what you you personally were seeking to say with the music you encourage listeners to listen to the tracks decide for themselves and find their own sense of meaning uh, from the music are we too keen do you think in artistic endeavors so across the board uh, you know music film television to have uh, everything packaged up and explained to us we can't f- and, and you know we don't want to find our own meaning we have to have that mm. you know that 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 drip drip fed spoon fed to us yeah i mean you know everyone's everyone's different but personally i think it's nice to have a little bit of mystery you know when i write songs you know the imagery can be very dramatic very like almost mystical sometimes and it can sometimes it's coming from big feelings sometimes it comes from something mundane but i don't necessarily want people to know you know <laughs> and and also it's so personal so i want someone when they listen to the song i i would hope that they can connect to it in their own way and I think if I if I give everything away, then, you know, people can't bring their experiences to it in the same way. So, yeah, I know, I know you know, firsthand the temptation when you listen to a song or something to sort of Google it and want to know exactly what it's about and want to almost speak to the artist. But I think sometimes you get a bit more from it if you don't know what it's about. Now, our next track's going to be one that we do, do know something about in the court of the queen of strangeness that's your kind of musical love letter to the author angela carter what is it about her writing that speaks to you and how, how have you reflected that in your music and, and and just tell us more about the track so in the course of the queen of strangeness i wrote that one with angela carter very much in mind i think in my in my notebook i actually just wrote angela carter <laughs> before i started writing yeah she her work is amazing as anyone who reads it will know and I actually the local area has links to her which is great she uh, taught at UEA and I was just really struck by especially the bloody chamber I read that just before I started writing the bulk of the songs and I think it was something about the way she used imagery to write about um, the experience of being a woman specifically and being a young woman, which, you know, I, I was very interested in. Um, yeah. And just some really great themes, you know, about being an adult and sexuality and how to be independent. You wings and claws and fights You see an odyssey, your cloven feet Could have stared right at the sun Stairs that have tried to hurt us I don't just see a woman Come to court, they cry And there you stand with crown Bowed down for the queen of Like me and a woman like 
And I, I think it did influence my, my writing because the way I write, I like to almost write them as poems first and then I put them to music. So a lot of people have commented on the fact that the, it's quite literary, the, the songs, the, the lyrics. Um, yeah, so she, she was a very big influence and the song was a, an homage, I think, to, to how much I admire her. And also, you know, if you listen to a song, I'm not, not jealous, but I think she's incredible. And it's, you, you want to be like a woman like that, you mm. know? I think one of the lines is a woman uh, like me and a woman like you. Yes, And it's yes, that I thing of I, I admire so much that I almost want to be you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm bound to ask, because this is Eastern Promise, what influence has the region, uh, Norwich, Norfolk, and the wider East, had on you and on your music? I think it's, in some ways, it's, the feel, which probably sounds a little bit vague, but I like to create um, a sort of soundscape with my songs. So I want the whole song to give you a feeling and and um, an atmosphere. I want it to have an atmosphere. So I think writing the songs, quite a few of them in lockdown, when you know really all I could do was go into my my surrounding area. I think it does come across with the imagery and some of the kind of. The, the things I'm singing about. And, and I think I use the, I've used my landscape to talk about things that have nothing to do with trees or animals <laughs> or anything like that. But they, there are some uh, images that pop up throughout and you can probably spot them. It's a little bit sort of folklorish. Um, lots of those sort of folklore images that I like to use. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it, it's, it's about the feeling I've created and, and the imagery and, and all, but it all, it's all about talking about something else usually. In these things, everything's got to be about a journey. There's always got to be a journey. So <laughs> your musical journey, can you describe for us your musical journey in, in, in the East of England and, and really, can you give us a sense of what the music scene's like for an artist who's sort of mm. stepping out into the, releasing their work into the world? So I've always loved singing. <laughs> and when I was in high school I'd say I started doing a little bit of songwriting mainly for coursework for my GCSEs um, and I really enjoyed it and then when I got to sixth form and I I think not to sound too cliche found myself a little bit at sixth form or just felt a little bit more at one with myself and then yeah, then the songwriting started to really come together, I think. I was a little bit older and a little bit more assured of myself and my voice. And then I was kind of writing a lot and I had a couple of songs. And then pandemic hit. I'd done a couple of gigs of doing, you know, it wasn't original music, just for fun with friends. at sort of school and village fates and things like that. And pandemic hits and I'm still writing, so I got to sort of having an album and yeah so I, it was not the most amazing time to become essentially a fledgling singer-songwriter but I think despite that I've still I still really appreciate the fact that Norwich is a brilliant hub for young musicians I mean I don't have a band together right now and I've already been offered gigs so people are so interested and proactive there's so many places you can perform there's so many people that want to find emerging artists so it's really great to know that when I'm ready and when I'm a little bit more prepared for that it's all waiting and it's it's a, a really great scene actually for music 
So Into the Wilderness, the title track of your album. So it's the last track on the, uh, the album. Musically, I wanted it to feel uplifting, I guess. I, w- I wanted the album to end on, on a high, on some hope. I wanted it to feel hopeful the end. And I think John, John Looms has captured that perfectly. And I think you can hear that in the lyrics. So yeah, I'm not lost, I'm in the wilderness. It's all about, it's not perfect and, and life is messy and difficult and you know sometimes you don't know what you're doing but you can find harmony in that and in in the mess um yeah and I think it's just all about that sort of feeling of being at peace with imperfection how strange it is how free it feels to be alone on my own her mind spinningly shallow breathingly terrifying too how odd it is how tree roots grow around the telephone my telephone and muffle the ringing and strangle the singing of those who call you try to call you eyes in the undergrowth are watching me but i'm watching them Where in the east of England would you say you've been at your most inspired creatively? Well, one of my songs is actually called, it's called Wavelength, and it's all about um, Waxham, which is a sort of a coastal area. Um, So, yeah, you'll have to (laughs) go and listen to that one and then see if you can sort of hear the the landscape in it, because it's really massive, actually. That one, I wrote it, well, it was one of the earliest songs I wrote, so it's got a slightly different feel to it, I think. Um, and it's slightly simpler in a way, which I think is reflected in the music. It's uh, almost like a little bit of a lullaby. It's a slightly psychedelic twist. Um, yeah, so that one, the, the landscape clearly affected me and I wanted to write about it. I'm going to go and listen to Wavelength that Waxham now. <laughs> um, right. Whenever I do an interview on Eastern Promise, I do try, sometimes I don't, I don't manage it, but I do try to end with a, a slightly more whimsical question. Uh, what, Eliza Delph, is your guiltiest musical pleasure? Ooh, um, I'd say I'm pretty shameless with music, but so I'll, I'll, if I like it, I like it. Yeah. But maybe guiltiest pleasure. I think sometimes you hear something on, uh, on like, uh, social media <laughs> that's viral and you think that's actually really good so you'll hear a little snippet on a mm. social media site and it's it's everywhere and you just think do you know what that earworm has got in my head and I'm gonna go and put it on my playlist well Eliza Delph it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Eastern Promise and what we're gonna I didn't pre-warn you about this we're gonna play out with my particular favorite which is my familiar which I, I kind of really liked the rhythmic sort of incantation um, sense coming out of that. Just tell us a bit about my familiar as, as, as uh, and I'll just say thank you for Eliza Delph for being on Eastern Promise. It's been an absolute pleasure. Please tell us about my familiar. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad you picked my familiar because I think that's a really um, it's it's got a slightly different feel to it, which maybe that's why you picked it. Um, it's a it's an interesting song. It's very rhythmic, as you said. It's the rhythm is the core of it, and then yeah, it's slightly chanting kind of vocals. Um, it's 
it's kind of an intense song in a way. It sounds a little bit like a, a ritual sort of song. Um, and it's about, I think it's about feeling like you're reclaiming something. But I won't say what I'm reclaiming. <laughs> okay. Well, anyone listening to this will be able to hear the first strains of my familiar. Thank you, Eliza Delph. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about Into the Wilderness. We wish you every, every success. We'll be watching your progress very closely. Good luck. Thank you. Found at the edge of a woman And left a little broken And a little bit saved Struck down and dazed Struck down and dazed My familiar My I'm so grateful to Eliza for letting me share snippets of her album with you. Just enough to get you hooked and hightail it to your nearest purveyor of quality music to buy Into the Wilderness. Incidentally, you can also now purchase her new EP, The Blackberry Thief, and also view her very recent set at the Bannum Barrel with her band, The Wilderness Collective. You can watch that gig on the Barrel Sessions Facebook page. I'm never less than delighted to support artists and creatives across the east of England, be they gaming studios, authors or singer-songwriters. If you want to feature on the show, do get in touch via mike at easternpromise.site. Next time, we're looking behind the curtain of the Royal Norfolk Show with Mark Nicholas, MBE, DL. Managing Director of the Royal Norfolk Agricultural Association. We'll be exploring the work the RNAA does beside the show, why the prefix royal is so important, and we'll be exploring on foot as Mark takes us round the RNAA's home, the Norfolk Showground. Do join me next time. Until then, bye for now. Eastern Promise is a Priors Croft production for the Eastern Promise East Anglia Community Interest Company. <laughs> <laughs>